Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Football Manager Therapy. I'm your host, Rich Owens, and joining me this week, we have the full FM team, the United City FM. Kev is here. Jebaru is here with his really confusing AI background. Is he at home? Is he in a hotel in Germany? Nobody knows. And of course, why Callum is here as well. The full gamut of emotions and human beings I'm very excited to spend the morning with. Uh, Kev, we'll start with you, pal. How are we? Oh, utterly delightful in every possible way, other than when I play 20, FM 23. So it's all good to be here. Lovely to see you all. Hope you're all doing great yourselves. But yeah, we'll get into FM 23. But other than that, all good, my friend, and looking forward to this next hour or so. Glad to hear it, mate. Yeah, just take out the basis of the podcast and you're having the best time. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's Exactly. We could, It will ignore the FM parts for Kevin. Just, we'll, just, we'll just have him here. Um, Jeb, where are you? I'm in Nottingham. I'm tired. Also, why am I here? I don't. I don't sit here. I sit over there. You've moved oh, you me. Do don't you? Yeah, I have. I've done. Yeah. It. I've done. It. I've done a move. Completely confused. I'm completely frozen. Hold on. I was already Hold tired. On. Around, Are we ready? You can do Are we ready? Yeah. Hold tight. Seatbelts on, everybody. Hey, cinema magic, boys. Cinema magic. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp finally listened to me. Have you noticed this, by the way? I said play Trent as a midfielder, and look what's happened this week. I mean, unbelievable. Wow. He's, he's, he... he's now inverted wing back, pivot midfielder or something. But yeah, <laughs> he's back, baby. <laughs> Trent is back. He finally opened your letters, or as the police are referring to them, threats. So it's good. It's good. To, it's, it's good. You know what? It's good to know that he engages and reads the correspondence from the fans. So there we go. Um, tactical genius, uh, the Jabberoo. Uh, lovely to have you back, mate. And uh, it's nice to nice to know you're back in the country, which uh, just makes me feel a little bit safer. If I'm honest with you. Uh, and finally, I'm leaving again it's... on Tuesday. Just yeah. By the time this podcast, we're I'm, safe. I'm so if you're listening yet. to this, if you're listening. <laughs> To this publicly, um, fear. fear. We're all terrified. But until then, until then, I'm I'll be back on Saturday. So it's like I said, oh. Tuesday to Saturday. Just, just, just hold on. It's just a roller coaster of emotions, isn't it? It's yeah, just exactly. a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, and finally, uh, my favourite new member of the podcast. It's, I feel like I need to do the university challenge thing again. Hello, mate. Hello. Hi, Hi, Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi Rich. How are you, mate? I'm in the words of Coldplay. I'm a bit yellow today. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm wearing my yellow Everton top because I thought, you know, me and Jeb are really our friendship is is getting to new levels. So I thought, why not test that even further by coming onto the pod in an Everton shirt today? Um, no, I'm feeling really good. I'm looking forward to another week of podding with all you wonderful gentlemen. Good, and we are delighted to have you because what would the podcast be without our resident Robert Lewandowski expert? So, exactly. Uh, Indeed. I know exactly. Robert. Exactly. Big uh yeah, if there's one thing Callum does know, it's 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 slough and it's big Bobby Lewandowski. Oh. Um good. Hey, everyone's here. I'm excited to get going. Uh, and what better place to start this week? What better place to start? We like to have a little catch up on what we've been up to at the start of the podcast. We all like to take it in turns. This week, this week, oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good because it's this man to this side of me. Mm -hmm. There it is. There we go. We've all done the pointing. Um, Kev. 
The guy who looks like he makes his own compost and grows his own vegetables. Where I was making like, coffee and stuff. So, you know, bring it on. It's fine. It's he no grinds problem. his own compost now, fellas. I don't know what you mean. I think I look fantastic. <laughs> I think you look incredible, mate. I think you look incredible. Um, Kev. Yes. Homeward Bound. How yes. are we getting on, pal? Uh, well, um, spoiler alert, I'm not home yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's a start okay so last time you left me i think i'd finished my uh first season in hungary uh in third position we've won ukraine won romania now we're in hungary so i finished my first season finishing third in hungary i spent the summer doing a good job i thought of actually improving the squad i was really happy with the recruitment i thought i'd improve the first team and the squad depth etc so i was looking forward to a second season and actually, it started really well. I qualified through the rounds of the Europa Conference League, and that went pretty well, getting me into the league stage of that, which was fantastic. Uh, and so it also bled into the league campaign, and we got off to a decent start. We're in and around the top sort of three or four in the first few uh, months of the season. Occasionally dropped a little bit because that's Hungarian football for you uh, a lot is that people take points off of each other a lot. And it's a really interesting league to play in. You've just got to be the most consistent of the bunch to get to the top, basically. Um, so we spent the first half of the season doing all right. By the end of the first half of the season, before the mid-winter break of about a month in Hungary that uh, happens there in about January, uh, late December, early January, I was sitting top of the table by a point or two, not a lot, but you know, just at the top of the table. I had actually qualified from the league stage of the Europa Conference League automatically as well and gone through to the knockout stages. Uh, and so... Uh, my first half season was brilliant. Had a midwinter break where one of my right fullbacks decided they wanted to move on and, and they were causing a bit of a fuss. So I allowed that to happen and bought a new right back in. But that was the only major change I made in the January transfer window because my team was sitting top and we were doing well and the uh, cohesion between them all was fantastic. And I thought there's no reason for me to upset that particularly. I think we can see this season out if we continue to play at the level we are. Uh, came back in. Got a, a, a pretty random, I think, 1-1 draw to start in the second part of the season after the midwinter break. Thought, that's a little bit unfortunate, but we'll get going again at some point. And then, oh, and then, within the space of seven days between that game and the next game, my new right back got an injury for four months. Two, two days later, my right winger, first team right winger, got an injury for two months. A day later, my starting goalkeeper got an injury for five months. And all three of them were uh, basically out for the next couple of months, if not longer. Two of them out for basically the season. So I thought, well, OK, the right wing is going to come back roughly in a month or two, depending on how well his re, uh, re, uh, re, um, rehabilitation goes. So I won't bother to replace him. I've got a couple of guys that can cover the position. But I do need another right back and another goalkeeper. My reserve goalkeeper was not somebody I wanted to put in that position for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. So I went out and find, uh, found a uh, another right back on loan. I got uh, mm -hmm. another goalkeeper in. 
just to create some um, some competition for places. But ultimately, those two players were probably in and around the shortlist that I was looking at during the January window and chose not to buy them because I thought I'd found a better player somewhere else. And so the diminishing returns in my squad is definitely there because the quality has dampened down a little bit. But also... You know, team cohesion is now unsettled a little bit as well because my first choice goalkeeper that's been there all season is now not. All that kind of stuff. So I lost the next couple of games and I thought, oh dear, that's a problem because, um, you know, the, the, the team itself has now lost its momentum and the morale has gone out of them. But I was playing some reasonably high up teams. Uh, that was on, uh, as we speak, we're at Sunday morning here recording. That was on, I think, Wednesday last week. That was my bad injury stream. And then I came back on Friday because I didn't stream on Thursday in the afternoon. But on Friday, came back and did some more. Continued some pretty erratic form. There was a draw in there, a couple of losses. But the couple of losses were against the bottom couple of sides in the league. And you now feel like all of a sudden, where is it all gone? Why has all of my team completely fallen apart? And then I got two more injuries. My central midfielder, um, defensive midfielder went out for a while. I've got a uh, central defender, sorry, went out for a while. And he's going to be out for a, uh, several weeks, like five, six weeks or whatever. And he's my key central defender. And also... My left winger, who is my set piece taker, is also out for a few weeks as well. So I've now got five of my first team out for the next month at least. And I was on a title charge and I've dropped from first to fifth in the league because it's so tight because everybody takes points off of everybody. And all of a sudden, it feels like such an uphill battle. So my only thought at this moment is... You're going to have to just ride it. Whatever happens is going to happen, you know, and I'm going to try my best to figure it out. But whatever happens at the moment, it looks like I'm on a bit of a downward trajectory. But I've got one more season in Hungary before I have to move sideways. And if I can get all of these players back, I still think I'm the best team in the league because we were demonstrating it in the first half of the season. It just didn't sustain for this season because of all the injuries that I picked up and some little bits of bad luck here and there. And, you know, in-game, it doesn't help when you're on that kind of run and your players are getting sent off and you're conceding penalties and you're, you know, standing still while the strikers run past you or whatever else happens in the match engine doesn't help in that circumstance. But that's where I currently am. I'm sitting in fifth. I've got... I think about 10, 11 matches left of the season to still go through. Uh, for at least half of those, I've not got five of my first team. When some of them come back, I've still got two or three that are basically going to miss the entirety of this second half of the season. And I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like now, but we're still plugging away. And I still think that if I can get a little bit of good fortune season three, I still think I can win this league and move forwards. There's no guarantees of it because sometimes these things happen and it could happen next time around and completely blow you out of the water again. So I've had an absolutely lovely time with it this week. <laughs> it's been fantastic. 
Can I just ask, do you regret your decision to hire Graham Sooners, Felix Magat, and Marco Bielsa as your backroom team to do all the coaching? <laughs> is, is that a problem? Uh, I, I deny wholeheartedly that I've employed any of these individuals and would never do so. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what's happened with my backroom staff. They seem to work the first half. They, they haven't come back from their midwinter break, maybe. <clears throat> it's just been left to rot or something. I don't know what happened, but... That, that Wednesday stream where literally in the space of five to seven days, three of my first team were out for two to five months. I just couldn't believe it. It was, you know, it was just one after the other. I was just a done man in that, at that point on the streams and everybody else was having a lovely time. But I mean, I didn't even realise that jousting was a, a training, part of the training <laughs> schedule. But it there is we are. in Hungary, baby. <laughs> it's, it's, it's down the bottom. It's near yeah. team bonding. It's just it's one of yeah. the options. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I must admit, Kev, like, I, I had similar this week with injuries like in the week. Mm-hmm. And my chat were like, do uh, do you do your own training, Kev? Or no. do you use like the chat? See, neither. I've never, ever done training. And my chat were like, do training. Do tra- you, you can't complain about getting them getting injured. And they're like, look at what your assistant's been setting up. And I checked my assistant and it was all like endurance and like um, fitness mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff in the middle of the season. It's like, why Why are we doing it? They should already be fit. So why are we doing this in the middle of the season? So yeah. I spent about half an hour on stream, which is probably one of the most mundane things I've ever done going through again. Right, what are we doing now? Okay, we're going to do team bonding here. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah, okay, good. Right, okay. And then we're going to do attacking wings. Is that okay? No. Attacking direct. Yes. Let's go for- and we literally went through every single thing. And my form has gone a lot better. And I don't know whether it's because of training but there's something in training (laughs) yeah so here's my thought on all of that kind of stuff um i've got a real mental block on stream about playing the game Mm. you know that's a weird Mm -hmm. statement in a lot of ways but i genuinely have a bit of a mental block in actually playing the game on stream what i do on stream is I play matches and we talk about the squad and I move a few yeah. things around and I, you know, yeah. do a few bits and pieces, but we play matches to get through a season and go on the journey and all that stuff. And I for, I don't even forget, I just don't play the game because I'm, there's loads of reasons. One, am I doing it well or badly? Or, you know, am I making the right choices? Can I find where everything is? Can I, you know, do it smoothly? Is it going to take up too much time? Is it boring to watch? Is it, you know, all that kind of stuff goes round and round and round. And I forget to actually play the game. Kev, uh, I, could, I couldn't relate to that more. Like, I, I, th- I think I think as a streamer, it's such an easy thing to fall into because mm. of, like, such a variety of reasons. I personally feel like the biggest two are, am I going to do it well enough for people to watch it anyway? Mm-hmm. And two is, is this going to be entertaining? I think now I've been streaming for a little while, I'm getting more confident at it. And I'm like, you know what? If I want to do a summer transfer window, I'm going to do a summer transfer window. And if I want to do training on stream, I'm going to do training on stream because I feel like chat can sort of get involved and they it surprises me how much they enjoy that side of it when in reality they they're watching the game they don't necessarily just want to watch the matches do they but Mm. one i couldn't agree more i always feel like what do chat what do your chat want to see matches they just want to see you play in the games don't they and i think sometimes actually they really enjoy the other sides of it um but yeah it's it's tough it's tough it's you gotta it's brave isn't it you gotta be a bit brave to sort of go watch this during 22 I spent some time trying to figure out training and put a few training programs in and it didn't go very well. I mean, I, I remember very vividly the first thing that I tried 
um, more recently at the beginning of 23 was I tried to use match plans as my very first thing of this time round. I thought I'm going to use match plans. I'm going to structure my matches so I don't have to think about some of the things. It just kind of automatically happens. And within three games, I'd had to turn it off because it was so bad and it made no sense to anybody that was trying to participate in the match. And the results were dreadful and I hadn't got the balance right. And so I just went, oh, well, I tried. We did it on stream. It was interesting. Didn't work. Scrap it. Just play games, Kev. Just play games because it yeah. works. You can get through games and it's fine. And in 22, I tried to figure out a bit of training. I had a couple of guys in the chat that were very specifically saying, you have to do training. That's what I do. It's how I get success. Here's how you do it. And I implemented certain bits of it. And I watched Fox in the Box videos of training and all sorts of other things. And I put it in. And within three months, they're all going, your training's rubbish. I'm complaining vehemently about your training. <laughs> My whole team are going, ah, I hate your training. So I had to stop doing the training because it just wasn't working. Mm. And I couldn't get my head around how to make it work. And so I've now got this kind of thing. Well, stick to your lane, Kev. Play some games. My, <laughs> I think long-term in a save, the, the, the thing that I bring to the table that ultimately gets me success whenever it comes is my squad building. But that takes three seasons to do to get it into a place where actually you've got the squad that you want together and now you can go and do something. I think that's what I do to get success on Football Manager. It's just not the here and now of, you know. And so, for example, sitting here on a Sunday morning, my Monday morning is set aside to go through my, uh, my save and not press continue until I've figured a few things out and sorted a few things out and, you know, put some team bonding and stuff into the training over the next couple of months and other bits and pieces to bring, uh, bring them back together. But also these, these little things like I saw somebody talking on somebody else's stream the other day about, you know, things like praising training and criticizing poor training and stuff, which I kind of don't do either. Cause again, it slows the momentum of moving forward. And, and I should, I should just stop every so often and read my news feed and not just skim through it and go on and just go, okay, what is it I need to do today to actually make this save work? And I'm pretty bad at it, but I'm not as bad when I'm not on stream, <laughs> when it's mm. just me sitting on a Saturday afternoon, clicking for a few things, reading everything, moving a few things around, taking my time. Yeah. I've got to find the balance somehow. So that's my challenge. Any of my viewers that are watching this, hold me accountable to actually playing the game a little bit more and helping me to figure out what that looks like. The balance is the most difficult thing to find, isn't it? It's it's so tricky because on the one hand, as you say, people want, you think, people want gameplay, people want matches, people want action, people want drama, people want to look at that league table, they want to say, right, you need to win the next three games if you're going to even make the playoffs, let alone get promoted. They, they, that's what you think in your head the people want. However, flip side of that coin, football manager in its very essence is a game for, as our previous colleague Alice would put out there, massive nerds. And, you know, <laughs> people are here to look at spreadsheets. People are here to look at data. Trying to explain the concept of, again, my, my beautiful wife is very, very encouraging of my streaming but she will not watch my streams. She has no, no, no real interest in what I actually do. And every now and then she's like, she just would just sit there and out of nowhere she'd go, so people just watch you like doing spreadsheets. 
and numbers and a bit of HR and contract negotiations. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. And people are really into it. It's like, that's just so weird. Anyway, I'm going, going to go back to watching um, the Steve Wilco show from 15 years ago, uh, where these brother and sister weren't really brother and sister, might be a relationship. That's her bag. And I support that as well. Um, but it's one of those things, like the, the more you do of the non-gameplay side on stream, people are into it. People are really weirdly into it. Can I can I um, just uh, do a small spoiler for something that's coming up later? But I think it's actually uh, sort of right to put it in here, uh, mm-hmm. just within that context of how nerdy people are, what people will watch. This last week, uh, spoiler alert for later, we did the network game. I won't talk about it too much, but halfway through my stream, I got a new job, which is great, fine, good. Do you really want to know that? Before I got my job, I had more viewers than after I got my job for the rest of that stream. <laughs> Genuinely. I know that was a, a bad thought of mine, but you know, I yeah. had more viewers watching me watch you play football manager than I had when I was actually playing football manager myself. People watch some very strange things. So you are absolutely right. That's so bizarre. It's so, bizarre. so Isn't it bizarre. weird? <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> Isn't it weird? I'm I'm one of those people now. If I finish a stream um, and I'm finishing it at the end of a season, I will do a good couple of hours of pre-season off stream. Mm-hmm. So when I next time I go live, I'm there or thereabouts. And I'll spend the first five minutes going, hey, we did some transfers. Look mm-hmm. at all these transfers that we did. Um, because to me, I'm thinking, oh, does anybody really want to sit there and watch me like trying to negotiate, you know, spending five minutes just, you know, trying to get somebody's, you know, weekly wage down by five grand um, for the sake of trying to do it because it makes no difference in the grand scheme of things. Is anybody interested in that? Probably not. But in reality, they probably are. So they, de- they definitely what? are. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's that's the thing. Like, if you look at the bigger streamers, I find whenever I'm looking at like viewership and stuff like that, if they are plastered with summer transfer window, January transfer window, people love it. People absolutely love it because I think they can input. And I found the last couple of big transfer windows I've done on stream. And I feel like my viewers are more engaged with the squad because they feel they have had a say in who is in that squad. So, like, for example, I've signed two fullbacks in my save called um, Pollock and Lemon. They're both not very good, but they've got really funny names. And we thought, what a great idea. Turns out when you play with them, they're not very good. But the chat love them because they were like, yeah, let's get Pollock and Lemon in. And so they're like, they've become like cult classics because because they were involved and i think it's so difficult sometimes and i keep using the word brave and i do think it is the correct word i think you do need sometimes you just need to be brave and go you know this thing that might seem really boring people do enjoy watching this and and it's a different side of football manager it's not all about because ultimately the match engine is what people complain the most about and yet that's the thing streamers feel they need to put out there more than anything i don't necessarily think it's the most entertaining thing I think sometimes the contract negotiations, don't get me wrong, if you're going through 30 members of staff and offering them £10 more a week and negotiate that, that probably is a bit mundane. Um, but, you know, th- there are definitely elements of the game, I think, that, that streamers like ourselves should, should gamble on. We all know the most entertaining part of the game is just watching my pain. 
that's what <laughs> that's what they're there for ultimately so if i can provide pain for them then yeah. you know they're there ultimately so that's what's the most important part of the game i think somehow but yeah interesting week though it was you know it was a challenging week to uh, to get through and i've got some time tomorrow as i say to just uh, reevaluate what it is that i'm going to be looking at and doing over the next few weeks of the season but ultimately it's gone to pot i don't like the fact it's gone to pot and maybe next season is my season <laughs> it's next year is always going to be your year kev next yeah. year is always going to be your year uh, roy Keane next i'd say in your, your backroom stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll sort them yeah. all out yeah, exactly exactly yeah Kev's next transfer it... win goalkeeper makes a good save uh saves a lot of penalties penalty shoot out that's his job that's yeah all. don't, don't yeah, praise him that's his job <laughs> he gets well paid for it yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> i i sometimes I, I sometimes do feel a little bit condescending because i've i've got a rule if i see training reports coming up if anybody gets the perfect 10 in training you know long time viewers of the podcast will know the bobby copping 10 they get a handshake and I sometimes feel like that's really condescending from me. I'm like, well done. You've been... You, Pat on you the head. Very, very... Well done, you. And <laughs> a little ruffle of hair. Proud of you, champ. Yeah. yeah. Little, little ruffle of the hair. Um, yeah. And part of me feels like it's really, really condescending. But also the part of me that is desperate for validation from father figures feels like, no, they probably really, really like it. They're probably super keen on that kind of thing. Oh, dearie me. Well, I mean, Kev, before we, I suppose, get, get deeper into the misery side mm. of things for you for Football Manager this week. Obviously, we all know recently, Kev's bread and butter, Kev Lesnar, the reigning and defending Football Manager uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, <laughs> um, bit of PvP. There's, there's, there's been a, there's a smidgen of PvP this week um, that Kev and myself were involved in. Last Thursday evening, we, we sat down uh, separately but together <laughs> and we drafted for the FM Summer Cup, which at the time of Spring recording... Spring Cup. Spring Cup. It's, I only, it's only April. <laughs> I'm, use, I'm using my squad for both. I don't understand the weather <laughs> or times of the year. Um, I can barely dress myself. <clears throat> but we've drafted for the FM Spring Cup, which at the time of recording is starting in about five hours' time. Uh, we sat down, 16 people in total. Um, organized by the wonderful Limo. Uh, thank you for the invite, Limo. We appreciate you. Uh, 16 of us sat down, drafted together. World Pool Unlimited Budget, which made me very, very happy because researching drafts is one of my least favorite things to do in the world. Um, and we, we sat down. We drafted a 20-man squad. Kev, mm. you Serge Nabry stealing fiend. How, did, <laughs> how do you feel it went for you? Feel, feeling good about it? He's going to be on my bench, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Which wow. is fantastic. <laughs> wow. There's just no need for that, is there? Oh, it, it, you know, can, what can I tell you? 16 of us in a call. Uh, well, actually, I didn't join the call. I was with my chat for most of the evening. But uh, in a draft, doing drafty things, we had unlimited budget world player pool anything goes kind of thing you can pick up anybody you can find and all that kind of good stuff so i think 16 people came out of that draft thinking yep that's a pretty good squad and it gives me a chance and i think they're probably right you know but from my point of view i pretty much got roughly what i was looking for you know you're never gonna get the top best 11 players all in their in their positions and all that stuff but I knew the setup that I want to play because it won me the World Heavyweight Championship recently. Uh, recently. Why would I change it uh, at this point? 
and I drafted for them. I've got some interesting ones. I mean, I can give you a bit of a preview, Rich, because this isn't coming out till after the actual event for everybody else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you and I get to play each other later because we're in our group together with AJ and I Wolf. So, you know, that's going to be fun in itself, isn't it? But I'll give you a bit of a preview if you like. Uh, So I drafted uh, three right backs, one of which isn't going to play at right back. There you go. That's the first thing I'll give you. Uh, Secondly, yes, I did get Nabry. He might play a bit, but he isn't going to be my starter. (laughs) I can assure you of that. Uh, But I also got the incredibly handsome Giroud, uh, you know, that I can just swoon at all afternoon, basically. Uh, And he's going to be partnering Vlahovic. That's not a bad strike partnership. Uh, I think everywhere I've got what I need to be solid in some areas of the pitch, a bit more expansive and interesting in other parts, and just the occasional surprise in terms of where you're going to play a player just to see whether you can get the best out of him. Uh, so that's what I'll tell you. But ultimately, I'm going in with what I know, my 4-4-2 asymmetric variant. It's you know fairly bog-standard in some ways. I've drafted for it, and we're going to put it on the pitch and see the fact that it will lose every game in the group stage, and I'll go home early <laughs> as the world heavyweight champion because that's how football manager works. But it's going to be lovely, and you and I get to be in the same group, Rich. Isn't that exciting? You're really delighted, aren't you? I, I have feelings about this, Kev. I have feelings. Uh, bless him. Um, Jammer plays reached out, um, doing a bit of the, doing a little bit of the. Uh, hey, I'm going to chat to the participants for his because when they did the panels, uh, I was I was one of his uh, his his draftees that he was covering. I specifically said in my correspondence with him that he said, "Is there anybody that you're looking forward to playing, or anybody you're looking to avoid?" I said, "I don't want to play Kev because the emotional damage of getting battered by my friend." in a draft publicly i don't think i'm ever going to recover from it so it's 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 bittersweet it's heartbreaking because i i very much like you said kev i feel like i've drafted a squad that could do all right i drafted to my own system um really really heartwarming moment for me i was trying to explain to some fellas in the chat on on the thursday night draft i was like right so this is the role that they're going to be playing and bless them oh yeah it's the inter milan formation don't worry we know i'm like oh guys you, <laughs> you remembered Thank you so much. Um, spoiler alert, it's the Inter Milan formation, the one that worked quite well uh, off stream and also <clears throat> won me the first uh, football manager versus the community title. So, uh, um, can, you know. can I can I just confirm with you, did somehow, mm-hmm. did you magically get Brazilian Ronaldo in? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, Damn it. Yeah, all I had to do was slip me on my fiver, as it turns out, easy. Um, money well spent, in my opinion. Um, I've got, I've drafted Harry Kane which feels weird because I know a lot of people have opinions on Harry Kane's performance in FM, but I reckon, I reckon I can get the most out of him. Um, The one thing I would say about 60% of my squad all have the uh, try killer balls often trait, which I'm very, very, very excited about my chat base. Anytime they suggested a player, if that trait came up, they were like, just draft him, just draft that player. Um, So that, that was basically the plan. Um, My, my, my central midfielder is a uh, spoiler alert. I'll say it. I don't mind. Um, is uh, Nicholas Zaniolo purely because of that trade, because somebody pointed out that he had it. And I was like, yep, yeah, <clears throat> he'll do. He's also quite big. So even better, big man, good passing. Everyone's happy. Uh, apparently I've signed Callum Wilson, who is a cheat code. So we will, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm just looking forward, if I'm honest with you, Kev, to spend a little bit of time this afternoon drafting because, hmm. 
I don't do it for a little while. And then I've talked myself into how much I would probably enjoy it. And then you do the draft. You're like, oh, this is going to be really, really good fun. And then in the build up to it, I'm really, really excited. And then I get publicly humiliated. And then I never <laughs> want to do it again until somebody comes back around and offers me the opportunity to do it in a couple of months time. And I'm like, oh, what a brilliant idea that is. We should definitely do that. So we will see. We, we, will. we will this, see. This is going to be my last one for a while, other than any title um, <clears throat> defense that I have to do, which it would be my pleasure to do so. Uh, I'm not putting myself forward to any more drafts. I'm going to be focusing a bit more on behind the scenes at the playoffs and panel panel work mm -hmm. at the playoffs and stuff over the next few months. Uh, just because I kind of feel like I've reached that point, you know, two or three months of quite a lot of drafting. I've done all of the tournaments that I think are pretty much available to me mostly. Uh, had a good go at them, won a few bits been humiliated in a few bits and it's all fine you know uh, so yeah i'm going to take a step back after this week and not apply for any more for a while so it will be mm -hmm. fine speaking we'll have as a lovely your, uh, speaking as your advocate uh, that might not be true i might just put you in some and get rid of callum it'd be great so. <laughs> he's gone again oh there he is again he's back <laughs> it's one of those mornings callum it is <laughs> it is <laughs> oh god so yeah, I might might put you forward for some without you knowing. Just like fair. Kev, I mean, you can, know that is can fair. You just, can you just I'm, log I'm, on to your, your PC a second? Just, just yeah. start your stream. I've got a surprise for I'm you. I'm kind of Jeb's <laughs> gun for hire now, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when Kev has a point, when when Jeb has a point to prove, um, Kev just turns up and just beats somebody in PvP for him. Um, it's it's can, a whole thing. Can, whole can thing. I also just point out to Jeb though, if that's the case, that I am his gun for hire. He's usually done better than I have in the drafts we've entered together, and he's <laughs> higher in the ranks than I am. You might want to just do it yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's effort. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a busy man. He's got a lot yeah. to do. I just have and to come on, and introduce you, and then I'll just go away. And then yeah, mm -hmm. sounds okay. fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll do yeah. the rest. Jeb is outsourcing his beatings, which is fair enough. Which is fair enough. It's keeping it's keeping people uh, keeping people in 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 work, which is very very big of him. Thank you, Jeb. We appreciate your efforts. Um, now, now then, now then, we've talked about the dizzying highs, but also Soskev, the, uh, the 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 dizzying lows of Football Manager, as well, because last Monday, last Monday, the uh, the FMT Network game made its return um jeb was in germany his pc in nottingham was running the game i'm confused i think it's witchcraft uh we're putting jeb's pc in the ducking stool after this um see if it floats or sinks um so we know if it's a witch or not uh, i'm very excited by that uh, i love things getting splashy um we we sat down we, we we spent the evening together which was great fun but it kind of feels a little bit remiss of me to sit here and talk about how well or badly everything's gone myself. I feel like this would be a good opportunity for my friend Callum down there. Hello, mate. Um, you, you've, you've, you know, we, we've had a bit of a, a chat before we went live as to how certain bits and pieces went. I think it's a good opportunity, mate, for us to just sit back and, and you to, you know, grill us, ask us some questions. You, the, the, the chair, the hot seat is yours. How I thought, is there some sort of like ceremonial thing that you need to hand over so I can I can take right, a, right, hat, right. So, a hat of sorts? So he, he comes on here and now he's host. I'm hosting <laughs> now. <laughs> host is subjective. <laughs> host I'm is gonna subjective. Put, I'm going to put on the temporary host hat. There we go. Um, yes. Hello and welcome to the FMT podcast part of the show where we're talking about the network game. And the big news on the street is... 
all three of our managers have got a job. It's the first time we've been able to say that in a little while. But what I want to start off with, because obviously I want to tease you, I want, I want to keep you in. I want us to talk about a European battle at the top of the division uh, between two of our fine hosts. Um, we're currently in a situation where um, we're not a million miles away from Champions League football for a certain Wolverhampton Wanderers, are we, Jab? Well, not too far away. We had a bad start, but we did play Man City and Haaland. It apparently is it's pretty good. I mean, it's like 35 goals or something like that already in the season. But yeah, then we just kind of went on a tear and picked up some results that I didn't expect to get. And we're, we're just slowly growing about our business. I mean, we picked up Muriel, uh, Disciglio, uh, Ceballos and Orsic in the transfer window. So that worked out quite nicely. Uh we beat Rich, which was nice. That was a nice two-one win. And then Chelsea, uh, Chelsea are quite accurate in in our database currently because they're doing terribly. So, so beat them, beat them two-nil, two-one, uh, and then Brentford as well. So we're, we're sitting pretty in fifth, just just outside the Champions League places. And uh, we've got some easy fixtures coming up. Some would say. So I mean, would you say, Jeb? I want you to put your your reputation on the line. Okay, you're twenty-seven games in. Are you we're not getting, getting relegated. No, we're not okay. getting relegated. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. Okay. Yeah. But are well you going to get Champions League? That's what I want to know. Can you break that top four of City, Liverpool, Arsenal and United? I don't think we will, but I think we can very easily get Europa. I think we've got enough depth in the squad now. That's one of the things that I had an issue with. If Jimenez got injured, I had no one else to play up front except Diego Costa. And he just wants to fight people all the time. Although he did do quite well. He's now not even in the squad just because of allowances and stuff the defenders are still a little bit dodgy the central defenders i just can't get a balance between Sitalo, kilman and collins so i'm trying to find who's, who's the best two to put back there liam cooper's eternally injured still probably my worst signing of the season at 13 no 20 million wasn't it i mean he's, he's club captain but yeah he's he's just getting injured all the time but he did score he did, did he score the winner against you rich he scored a winner. I think, yeah, I he, think did, he did. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of justified. He's 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 well worth that fee. So, yeah, I think Euro European football definitely. Hopefully, not the Conference League. Maybe the Champions League, but more likely, hopefully, the Europa League. We just stay in, stay pretty in that fifth place. And then I move over to seventh place Leicester, who are also currently in a European position. Uh, played one game less than Jeb on forty-one points. Now, looking at your run of fixtures, Rich, it looks like you mm -hmm. were on quite the run and then suddenly February happened where you drew with Liverpool, not a bad result, mm -hmm. uh, beat West Ham, solid start to February, you'd say. Then you mm -hmm. lost to Wolves, drew with Tottenham and lost to Newcastle. So suddenly those three fixtures really making you drop off there. How are you feeling about your season at the moment? Um, <clears throat> I mean... If you'd offered me kind of, you know, chasing for Europe at the start of the save, I'd have absolutely bitten your hand off for it. Um, I... Leicester, Leicester are a weird squad because they've got some <clears throat> really promising players in there and they've also got a fair bit of deadwood as well. So I was I was hoping for comfortable mid-table. You know, top, top 10 would have been great, but uh, I would have taken anything between, you know, 6th and 12th, I think would have been a fairly successful season. Um, the form we hit early doors was incredible. 
Um, I just somehow just figured out how to get the most out of players like Jamie Vardy. Um, I had him playing like Jamie Vardy in their title winning season for a brief spell. Uh, and then he dropped off, but then Kalichi Ian Atro picked up the slack. So it was it was going really, really well. Um, the top half of the table is so tight. It, it's not massively dissimilar to um, Kev's homeward bound save in his experience in Hungary. A lot of teams are taking points off team. You know, everyone's taking points off everybody at the moment. You know, you've obviously got your man cities in there who are dominant and are running away with everything. But everybody else on their day are beatable. So like the Newcastle fixture, losing to Newcastle, we beat them 4-1 on the opening day of the season at the start of the save. So... I would like to keep pushing for those European places. I think very much like Jeb, we've strengthened the squad where it needed strengthening, um, got rid of most of the dead weight, um, pretty excitingly for me. Um, as it turns out, Kev's former team, Brighton, were desperate, desperate for my underperforming centre-backs that weren't really getting minutes. Uh, Walt Fayers and uh, Johnny Evans, Brighton couldn't get enough of them. So off they went. You know, we had a we had a decent. Can you uh, call them by the real name, Wanky Chans Brighton. That's, uh, that's Wank, sorry, yes, Wanky <laughs> Chans Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, to use their their full description, uh, we bought in Muktadir Kabi um, from Valencia, which was an interesting one because he was available on a free in six months. Uh, I made them an offer, and I was like, if they reject this offer for cash in hand now, I will just sign him on a free out of spite, so they get nothing for him. Fortunately, uh, they negotiated with me and only wanted like a quarter of a million pounds more than I offered, which I felt was reasonable. I think I went in at five and a half, and they wanted five and three quarters, so I said, okay, fine. So he's come in, uh, he's strengthened the defence up a little bit. Renato Sanchez, still finding his feet in the squad a little bit after his move from PSG. But he'll, he'll get there. He'll get there eventually. Um, I think in the long term, if we don't finish the season in one of the European places, at this stage, I would probably feel like I've done myself a massive disservice because I've got the team playing really, really well. Interestingly enough, just before we went live, uh, Jeb sent us some of the stats and the facts and figures over. Um, I was shocked Absolutely shocked to find out that, first and foremost, James Madison has got the most assists in the league so far this season, which I just hadn't noticed. Uh, also, weirdly enough, the most key passes. My Leicester team, where I've got some pretty solid defensive players, I've got people like Benoit Barashile in there. Obviously, um, Diakabi's just come in. You know, I've got Soyuncu, uh, who I managed to keep hold of. Uh, previously, I had Wilf and Didi in the team. Some really, really solid defensive players. Um, I was looking at the most tackles won um, statistic. Uh, with 81 tackles won so far this season, the defensive powerhouse that is Harvey Barnes somehow leads the Premier League table. Uh, I don't know why either. Um, so that's the biggest mystery for me. Harvey Barnes, defensive unit, um, sure. Why not? European places, sure. Why not? Losing 2-1 to Jeb, heartbreaking, but we move. Well, your next three fixtures on Monday are Newcastle at home in the FA Cup fifth round, then Chelsea at home, then Arsenal. So good luck. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, Kev, a success story. I think we can all agree of the network save. Um, you were manager of Brighton, who are currently sat in 19th in the division. Um, and you were, um, amongst amongst the FMT clan, it was agreed that you'd been out of job for too long. Let's put all of the teams on a big old wheel mm -hmm. and 
The next is history. Kev, would you like to run us through what happened? Not really, but we will do anyway. It'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, an hour and a half into Monday's stream, no jobs had really become available. So we did put everybody back on the wheel, bar a few. So we took out the top three, uh, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, because they were ahead of everybody. We took out Newcastle because of their amount of finances that they've got uh, available to them. We took out, obviously, Leicester and Wolves and Brighton because they've already uh, got managers or been used in the network safe. So we took those out. So everybody else was available. So I had the, you know, the opportunity for Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Villa, West Ham. Didn't get any of them, Callum. Didn't get any of them at all. Uh, what I drew off the wheel was currently the worst form team in the Blooming League. They were 16th at the time, so they weren't bottom. Forrester currently bottom. We'll get to them in a second. But I picked up Fulham. And they are literally the worst current form team in the league. What's going on with my network game? It's just been a nightmare. So, yeah, we took over Fulham. And you immediately you go in and you actually think, OK, well, Mitrovic, great target forward. We can work around him. Polina in central midfield, great central midfielder. We can work around him. There's a couple of youngsters in there. I really like um, Reed in their central midfield. Har uh, Harrison Reed, is it? Uh, yeah. yeah. I really like him. I think he's got a lot of potential about him. Maybe not quite there just yet. <laughs> but he'll get there, absolutely. So I thought, okay, there's something to work from. The budgets aren't going to be brilliant. It's Fulham. They don't create a huge amount of income through uh, being a relatively small stadium and all that kind of stuff, but we can work here. So I put them out for the first game. Now, technically, I probably chose the wrong setup. And uh, if Jeb can open the game half hour early for me on Monday evening before we play again, I'm going to be changing my setup for them. Um, uh, so I played two up top because I also have Carlos Vinicius there as well. And it didn't really work. I'm going to play one up top and rotate those two if and when we need to but with Mitrovic and doing the same sort of role as each other. Uh, so I went in. I played Newcastle, I think it was. Always going to be a tricky team. They've got some good players. They're, they're in reasonable form and they beat me. And I thought, OK, that's all right. It's, you know, I'm 16th. The form is really bad, but there's a game coming up, Callum. There's a game coming up against bottom of the table Forest. If I get a win there, if I can get Mitrovic getting a goal, we're going to be off to the races and it's going to uh, start a charge. Um, so? we, 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 we lost to Forest. We lost to Forest, who are bottom of the table. This team is in complete basement mode. It's just fallen through the floor. Part of the issue is that I've got four central defenders in my squad. Two of them have got pace of about 14, something like that. Two of them have got pace of nine. And one of my 14s is missing through injury, and I haven't been able to use him yet. And that makes a big difference at the back. This bloke, poor bloke, just stood in the defence going, I can't catch him. I'm just going to stand here. And it just lets them through seemingly. But yeah, I'm going to have to change my setup. The way that I choose to set up my style of play, my formation, all that kind of stuff will change. It's going to have to be chuck it to Mitrovic and try and get people in and around him to try and work off of that, etc. But at the moment, we're not in 16th anymore, Callum. We're in 17th. We've dropped a place already and the form is through the floor and I'm really, really loving the network game. <laughs> 
Well, it's it's. I, I tell you what, your next three fixtures, Kev, just so you're aware, are Portsmouth away in the FA Cup fifth round, West yep. Ham, and then Jeb's Wolves. Yeah. Now, I've already... Now, there's surely... The narrative is clear for everyone to see here. Jeb's going to finish in fifth. Rich is going to finish in sixth. Kev is going to finish in 17th and win the FA Cup. You're all going to Europe next season. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. European tour for all of you. I can't wait to see it. But um, yeah, it's good. Let's just stay up, Kev. Do not let Brighton get out. That would be awful. You, you stay up and they go down. I have seriously been having nightmares all week of the thought that I'm going to get a relegated team and get a second sacking in the first season of a network save. I've genuinely had that this week on my mind. I've got to find a way to change it, Callum. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I believe. I believe, Kev. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. To to use an often muttered phrase uh, on this podcast, on the network game, it's going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry. It's all going to be fine. Says the person in a European spot. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> now, tech, tech, yeah, it's, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Um, just keep saying it. Keep saying it till we all believe it. And that's the key. That is that is the absolute key there. Um, didn't he? Didn't he do a good job? Didn't yeah, yeah thank, well. thanks for dragging all of that up, Callum. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you for dragging up those, uh, those, those, those horrible repressed memories. Now, what's your next question? Tell us about your childhoods. No, <laughs> what's your biggest no fear, Kev? What's your biggest uh, fear? The network save. Well, no, actually, it's just generally FM23 at the moment. <laughs> Don't worry. Kev's going to master training schedules and then he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah unstoppable. There you go. If you're in, hey, if, if you want more network save, um, you know where to find us on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. on all of our respective Twitch channels. The, the links to those will be in the description of this episode are on the YouTubes and on the anchors and wherever you are watching or listening to this. Click on them, follow us, watch our respective moods alter dramatically over a three-hour period on a Monday evening. Won't that be fun for everybody involved? Everybody involved, Kev. Everybody Yay. involved. Marvellous. Right, so that leads us to to, uh, to the final section of this week's podcast. So we like to mix it up. We like to discuss different bits and pieces, different things. Uh, this week, this week, uh, inspired by real-life events. Inspired by real-life events. Uh, as you may or may not know, um, Scandinavian football is back. It's back, baby. Um, who doesn't love a bit of Scandi football? Um, their leagues start at different times of the year due to things like adverse weather conditions and just because they're difficult. Uh, but it is back in full force. We all have we all have varying levels of experience uh, spending time in Scandinavia. And we thought, hey, as we've discussed on the podcast previously, you know, we're kind of into the second half of the FM23 game cycle now. People are looking for new content ideas. If there's anything we can do to help, then of course we will. Scandinavia, you have got options there. There is a lot to do. There's a lot to see. Um, I think we've all spent varying amounts of time there, but of the four of us, I think by quite some considerable distance, uh, Kev, you spent a pretty substantial amount of time there uh, during FM22. Um, talk to us about Scandinavia, pal. Yeah, so I did a uh, a Nordic Glory Hunter series on FM22 called Road to Valhalla, where I was going to attempt to win the top leagues of Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, and Iceland in my 22 save. Uh, yeah, it didn't quite work out that way. I got some of them. 
Uh, I got three out of the five, but Sweden just was an absolute roadblock. Couldn't find a way through. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it was an absolute roadblock. I could not figure out how to get my team to the top of the table. But anyway, it was actually, it was a really fun save. I had a great time in uh, the Scandi kind of Nordic area. I hadn't really spent too much time previous to that save in that area playing football manager. Uh, and what I really, really loved about it, I mean, we'll talk about individual players that we love in the, in the area from historical stuff to current stuff in a second but uh what i really loved about going through the different leagues is that they've all got very subtly different registration rules and other bits and pieces there's that thing where you know some as you say they all kind of start later than we are used to here in the uk in terms of our own uh, where football starts because they have their winter that's really harsh and can't play through it etc they start in like March, April time and finishing like October, November time and then have a break. It, it makes it really complicated to figure out that in uh, in your uh, winter break, you set up a team for your coming domestic season. But if you're a successful enough team already in your league, you're in a European campaign that started last August. And so everybody that you now bring in to set up for your domestic campaign can't be registered for your European squad because you might have bought in too many. It's a complete mind warp to try and figure out how to actually balance incoming players into a, a squad that's already got some stuff happening for them etc so it's challenging and there are some interesting registration rules most of the registration rules are about having a certain number of that particular country's players in your squad or your even your starting 11 there's a couple in there that talk about uh, having uh i think you know like three players in your starting 11 have to be swedish or whatever it might be you know uh, so there's some interesting registration rules in some of them i had a great time i wasn't as successful as i like because that's me and fm that's fine um, but yeah, if, if you want uh, me to kick off also on uh, on my historical player that I love the most in real terms from Scandinavia, there is literally only one candidate and he's got very, very big hands and he stopped the ball going in the Man United net. And it's the great Dane himself, Peter Schmeichel. He is responsible for some of my most favourite moments in uh, watching football full stop. Now, for context, uh, 1999, obviously Man United won their treble. They won the Champions League in very, very late circumstances. I am a man with spina bifida. I don't really do mobile very well, if I'm honest. That's just part of the gig. In 1999, I happened to be in my own little flat watching the game, going absolutely nuts. 15 minutes after the final whistle, I realized I had been stood in the middle of my room watching the telly for the last 20 minutes through the back end of the game and out the back of the game into the celebrations. And I don't stand for anybody and that's how it got me and it's you know i really this is just how it is that's the game that we all love in some way it gets you sometimes uh and within that time frame peter schmeichel for me is the best goalkeeper i've ever seen and it all stemmed from the fact that he played uh is it handball i think is a big scandinavian mm -hmm. sport so like smaller teams indoors smaller goals and his star jump kind of save that he perfected in football came from that stuff but he was immense i loved this guy 
the way that he could literally throw the ball from one penalty area basically to the other if he chose to was immense. Loved him to pieces. Loved the Scandinavian area. We'll come back and talk a couple of youngsters maybe a little bit after you mm -hmm. guys have had your say on Scandi. But that is my thoughts. Loved playing it in the game. There's lots of interest, uh, interesting places to go and good teams to be and challenges to be had. And it's all about Peter Schmeichel. It's all about Peter Schmeichel, though, isn't it? A controversial statement, but it's a hill that I am possibly willing to die on. Um, arguably the most iconic Premier League goalkeeper ever, for my money. I think, well, for definitely for uh, for football fans of a certain generation, uh, which is weird on account of me only being 24, very Obviously. much like Jeb. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it rings true. It absolutely rings true. Um Jeb, would you like to talk to us about how easy it is to manage and win things in Sweden? Yeah, well, on the goalkeeper thing, obviously being 24, Allison's the, the, the greatest goalkeeper of the year, I think. <laughs> Mainly just because of how handsome he is. He's so what? handsome, so unbelievably really is, handsome. Yeah, so unbelievably handsome. And then he, he got the pull in the Champions League a couple of seasons ago. Anyway, uh, just, just with that headed goal against West Brom, I mean, you can't forget them. But yeah, I, took, I had Elfsborg. That's how I started my geo guess of England. We ended up at Elfsborg, uh, who are Swedish Premier Division. They've got a couple of all right players. They've got a big old goalkeeper, Tim Ronning, who's actually all right in FM23 as well. So I had them in FM22. Went about three, four seasons. Had Carlos Tevez on the books. Had uh, Harrison Reed on the books, actually, a little bit later. And eventually signed Matty Longstaff as well. A few, few players brought, brought across. But there was two players who won me the league. Uh, one of them being the eternal journeyman himself, John Bostock, who, who definitely just plays two seasons at his club and then just goes, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. Did exactly that for Elfsborg. And Andy Carroll, who only came on, and that all he ever did was just score hat-tricks. That's, 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 that, that was his sole thing. He goes, right, I'm going to I'm gonna score today, but I'm going to score a hat-trick. That's what I'm going to do. So him, him, those two combining, along with the, the wingers on Draker and Ockles, they, they basically won me the league. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, playing like, like Kev said, playing in Europe when you're in pre-season is really difficult. I mean, I think I got to, in the Conference League, eventually I got to, like, the quarterfinals. But my players were also playing the league season by that stage, and they were just knackered. They couldn't do anything. So it was trying to get the balance just right. And then the, the registration laws where you've got to have eight Swedish players in the Swedish league is a difficult thing to do. But there's a lot of youngsters that you can pick off there and just, just develop more and more. I think in terms of FM, uh, in terms of Scandinavian players, like I've, I've not been too much around in like the Scandi leagues, or probably in, since well, apart from last season. But there's two that stand out: uh, Kennedy Bakasioglu, unbelievable winger, could play everywhere from Hammerby, and then probably my favourite, and it's kind of a shout back, but it, it, one of my favourites. So Mark Kerr was an amazing central midfielder, mm -hmm. but Mark Kerr. Wore Tommy Swindle last and pajamas because he was unbelievable. If you wanted a guaranteed seven point three plus every single game, he was he was the player that you wanted. He was so good, just literally dictated every midfield you ever put him in. Uh, yeah, I was definitely in love with him. Uh, I still am a little bit. Apparently, he is. Is he at Oddsball Club now? I can't remember if he's like in the backroom staff or something along those lines. 
And it rings check. a bell. That yeah. Definitely rings. Well, might definitely might have just happened in somebody's save, but yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. have a little research of that. But yeah, they're, they're my classic players. There's a few youngsters that are knocking around now. That yeah, they they might be good. Uh, but uh, Callum, tell us about Robert Lewandowski in <laughs> in Scandinavia. Well, obviously, as we all know, he started his career um, in Scandinavia. He was there for uh, between the ages of six and nine. Uh, so it's, li it's little known, but incredible in youth football over there, um, which I know very, very well. Uh, with, with regards to um, Scandinavians, um, I, I must admit, I haven't dabbled within a save, but one of my best friends, believe it or not, I do have friends. Uh, one of my best friends um, is he absolutely loves um, doing Danish saves. Um, and he every year he manage, manages, it's Norseland, isn't it? That's how you pronounce mm -hmm. it, I think. Is it Norseland? Um, and he manages them. And I get these constant updates about, because he'll win the, he'll get to the point where he's winning the league every single season. But it's not about that. It's about growing the division. And it's that build a nation sort of style of, of save. And I think it's a really cool um, sort of area to work that in. And as well, when you look at, when you're on football manager, more often than not, there's the sort of the meme of um, you get to a certain level and then it's all about South American wonder kids. I tell you what, the Scandinavian wonder kids, they, you know, the value there. I, I remember the save I did um, last year with Chorley. I signed a player called Jan Hansen, who was a Finnish left winger. He was a new gen, but he's a Finnish left winger. And I bought him for about £4 million. And he was just the best left winger in the world. He, like, he was just absolutely incredible. Um, and he should never have gone for that sort of money. And he was just fantastic. Um, so there's definitely, definitely value in there. Um, sort of mentioning Scandinavian keepers of the past as well. You, you've got to look at people like UC Askelainen, who's a Premier League legend. Um, and then the Scottish international, Antti Niemi, of course, we all know him. Um, he's not, he's not finished. He's Scottish. Um, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think, you know, you've got a lot of, a lot of sorts of Scandinavian um, keepers. A, a player I wanted to mention being an Evertonian was Thomas Gravison as well. Um, an absolute legend and, and get, got a move to Real Madrid after playing for Everton for about five years. And it's, it's easy to forget that he was playing in the same team as David Beckham, Zinedine Zidane, Raul. He was actually the replacement for Claude Makélélé, which was just madness. And he became a bit of a cult hero over there. Um, and then after his long career came to an end, he is he has become um, an, a multi-millionaire poker player in Las Vegas, um, and they believe he's worth about seventy-eight million pounds now because uh, wow. of his poker exploits. <laughs> so he's he's had he's had quite the life so far, has old Tommy Gravison, uh, and apparently he still speaks with a scouse twang, which is just kind of beautiful. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, I think. That's the, the Scouse twang, Jan Moldy. Jan Moldy's like full Scouser. It's brilliant. <laughs> like when you hear him speak, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm Jan Moldy. It's like, what? No, no, you're not. You're, yeah. you're hey there. I'm Jan Moldy. <laughs> you know, you're not Jan Moldy. You're just, you're from Prescott. What are you doing? <laughs> it's quite, it's, it's quite, I, I love, I love uh, an insane post career arc for any footballer. Mm. Um, I, th I think they're wonderful, uh, and I think becoming becoming a multi multi millionaire poker player, <laughs> mwah, that's up there. Um, that that for me is up there with you know president of Liberia. That's quite quite incredible, 
quite incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love a Scandi save myself. Um, last year, I had a really, really nice time in Scandinavia myself um, doing the, the, the former Tony Jameson Discord server Triple Crown Challenge, which was a, a slightly reduced version of uh, Kev's Road to Valhalla. Um, just just the, the three, the three big ones, um, Denmark, Sweden and Norway starting in Norway, moving on to Sweden, and then finishing in Denmark. Um, if it's not something you've tried before on Football Manager, and if you're looking for something to do, if you're looking for a new save, cannot recommend it highly enough. It is great fun because, as you say, you get the full gamut of every team has so many quality young players. There's Every team's going to have a superstar in some capacity um it's it's a really really exciting experience you can learn about all the new league formats you're gonna find lots and lots and lots of new players uh and generally speaking it's just great fun it's great fun because it's achievable but it is also challenging enough to make it to make it difficult uh, the one thing that i found when i was managing in sweden as part of that save uh i was at aek over in sweden for the first time in my football manager career, I took full advantage of the uh, the option when you're negotiating a, a deal with a new club. Um, clubs paying a certain percentage of player wage because it's not something I've used particularly before. And because generally speaking, because clubs would just say no. But you're picking up players from championship clubs, for example, who are by Swedish league standards there or thereabouts in terms of, you know, top percentile of players. The championship clubs don't want them on their books anymore. Your maximum wage allowance is maybe £4,000. Some of these players are on 15. You're like, hey, can you just chip in, you know, eight and a half grand a week? And they're like, you know what? Eight and a half grand a week. Yes. Yes, we can. So when I was managing AEK, uh, I picked up the league in one season down entirely to, again, arguably the greatest British striker of all time, uh, Blackburn Rovers, Sam Gallagher. Uh, all six foot four of him because of course he was six foot four he was quite fast and he was good at shooting and that's all you needed and Blackburn were playing about paying about 80 percent of his wages and he was delighted to come and play football for me couldn't wait to come play football for me but it's a great experience um again in terms of their leagues with with heritage they've got great players past and present in terms of the past uh I'm going to be so basic uh championship manager hero uh Kim Kalstrom like the, the man could do everything just from center mid to striker. He was just incredible. But like the backbone of, I think if you've ever played championship manager at 102, if he wasn't the backbone of the squad in pretty much every save you ever did, you were playing the game incorrectly. He was phenomenally good and didn't mind spending a bit of time on the bench. Didn't mind spending, you know, he, he was just happy, just happy to be there. And we need more of that. More of that attitude in football is please and thank you. Just really excited to be playing football uh, for virtual you. Uh, Kim Kallstrom is is the one. And obviously uh, a former championship manager, football manager, and still existing football manager favourite. Nobody's mentioned him yet, but you've got to, if you're talking Scandinavian clubs, big Zlatan. Why not? Why not? If you've ever done a lower league save in any of the recent football managers, if he's there... If his AC contract expires and he still wants one more season, then he will go and play pretty much everywhere. You're See, on about my generally. under 18s manager, uh, yes. <laughs> Your under 18s, uh, former P- did, did he did he play at Pescara or did he just come? Yeah, he played at Pescara. He, he had a game, I think he had a game where he got four assists, and I don't think he moved, he just stood there, just pivoted and passed it. That's all <laughs> he kept on doing, and it just worked perfectly. So it's all he needs to do. I mean, look, look at his, if you look at his attributes on this year's game, physically, no, 
no, there, there are no physical attributes there to speak of. Uh, he can't run for very long or, or very fast at all. But everything else, like the mentals and the technicals, are still world class, absolute world class. So he's got to be the one. He's got to be the one. Um, shocked nobody mentioned him, but thank you for also for not mentioning him because I just completely forgot all Scandinavian footballers apart from Slatan <laughs> Ibrahimovic. So cheers, boys. I appreciate your time. Um, Kev, I know you were saying you, you were having a look at some uh, some lads for the future mm -hmm. um, from glorious Scandinavia. Who have yeah. you got, pal? So I've got three for you, two 18-year-olds mm -hmm. and a 16-year-old. You've probably heard of at least one of them, I would imagine, but uh, one of the others... I think it's an interesting choice for you. So the first one up, we'll go for a defensive midfielder. He's currently playing for Malmo in Sweden. Uh, Hugo Larsson, his name, uh, 18 years old. Uh, at the start of the game, his technicals aren't particularly amazing. He's got 12 in uh, passing and not a huge amount else, but... He's got 14s in a few places in his mentors. He's got 14 in pace and stamina. He's got 13 acceleration. Uh, work rate and teamwork are both at 14, as is determination at 18. I think there's somebody in there that if you can develop him over the next couple of seasons, you might get a really good young Swedish player in your Swedish side if you can find a way to prize him out of Malmo or go and join them and see how you get on with him. So he's my first primarily because of those uh, physicals and mentals. And there's a little bit of a theme in that on somebody else that we'll look at in a second. The second one of my three is somebody I think a lot of people might know about by this point. I'd be surprised if they don't, but I thought I'd uh, highlight him anyway. And that is uh, a young 16-year-old wide player playing in Kubenhauen called Rooney Bargy. If you haven't checked this guy out, at 16 at the start of the game, he's got uh, 14 in dribbling, 13 in finishing, 14 in first touch, 13 in long shots, 14 in passing, 16 in determination, 15 in flair, 14 in pace. At 16 for a wide player... That is pretty spectacular, I would say. So go check him out. Plays primarily on the right-hand side, but off his left foot. So he'll cut in and do magnificent things for you. So go check him out. As I say, that was the one that I thought most people might know. But if you don't, there is a real gem for you. And the third one is a favorite of mine from my FM22 save that you might have heard of, be aware of. I don't know how many people have actually used him. Again, you might get put off by a couple of bits of lowness in some of his attributes. But Albert Brought Charland is the cousin of Erling Haaland. And if you want a goal scorer, maybe not go and get Albert Brought Charland. But... <laughs> As a striker, this guy came into one of my squad's last FM and took a little bit of time to get going. At the start of the game, he's 18 years old. He's currently playing for Molde in Norway. Um, and on first look, he's got 12 in finishing, 10 in composure. You think, eh, not great. But over the course of about three seasons as he develops, his physicals and his mentals were really, really good specifically for this region of football. Uh, so currently in-game, he starts with uh, 15 in determination, 13 in flair, but 15 in teamwork. And a couple of those things meant that when I brought him into my side and after a couple of seasons of development, I played him, I think, as a pressing forward. So he was there purely to use 
his uh, 15 in natural fitness, his 13 in pace, his 13 acceleration, 15 determination, uh, 15 teamwork. And he went and hunted the ball and pushed and parried uh, and just kept trying to find a way to get the ball off the opposition. And when he got it, he could drop it off simply. But then every so often would just go on a scoring run and get a few goals in a few games and then maybe go a bit quiet. But his work rate never stopped. And he was actually really valuable for me. And this was the point that I was going to make. In some of the, uh, the slightly, um, how do we want to call this? So if you're not in a top six European nation in the, in the rankings of football, let's say, I wouldn't be too concerned about going off of mentals and physicals and not so much the technicals at times. Now, obviously, you need to be able to kick a ball a bit and, you know, do a few bits and pieces. But those mentals and physicals are so vital, especially if you can get pace in your side in some of these uh, um, slightly lower ranked nations uh, and their leagues. So, yeah, Albert brought Charland might not seem like much, but for me, he really worked in that kind of pressing forward role. So go check him out. Go check the others out and let us know whether you get any joy out of them at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some great shouts there. Some great shouts. You know, um, it's 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 that classic, you know, mom, can we stop and get Erling Haaland? No, we've got Erling Haaland at home. And it's, it's, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. But it's still good. Still satisfying. Uh, Jeb, anybody uh, in your experience worth keeping an eye out for in uh, in Scandinavia? Uh, I mentioned him earlier, Tim Ronning at Elsborg. He's six foot seven. He's got an aerial reach of between 18 and 20 because I've got a trippy masking on. But yeah, no, he was he was phenomenal for me. And he, I think he eventually moved to Juventus last season. I think he's still got the same type of potential this season. He could move on. He was quite a good backup keeper for a lot of people last season. I kind of forgot about him, which was probably my own side of things. Uh, another one is... Uh, and it's somebody that completely slipped my mind. I, I think I signed him in the uh, in the beta as Wolves. A uh, Sivert Manswerk. He's uh, is at Mulder. He's twenty years old, and he's got some phenomenal attributes as a defensive midfielder. Like maybe a deep line playmaker. He's got fourteens uh, in marking and passing, thirteen in tackling, positioning, teamwork. He's just just really well rounded, and he's only twenty years old. He's six foot two as well, so he's quite big, so he can dominate a midfield. He's probably one of the people that I'd definitely advise picking up. Uh, Kevin's already sort of st stolen Rooney Bargy from me, so uh, <laughs> no, no, he's fine on that one. Uh, the other one's uh, Mohamed Darami. Uh, he's a winger at Copenhagen, uh, another one, young, dribbling of 16, acceleration 15, just yeah, re really young, uh, young winger, 20 years old. Can play either wing and can also play through the middle as well. He's uh, he's a really good potential. I think I'm actually trying to sign him in Pescara a few years down the line, but it's, it's not really happening. But you do find, uh, I think in particular, uh, uh, Copenhagen or Copenhagen, they seem to get a phenomenal number of wonder kids coming through. They're always the team that you just probably need to have a look on, just go through their under 18 squad and see what's coming through each season. But yeah, they're. Dorami's worth quite a lot of money to start off with in the game, but yeah, he's he's definitely had someone advised, but I think man's work is probably the little hidden gem that I'm probably revealing there. Mm -hmm. Lovely, 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 lovely stuff. Uh, Callum, um, what about you? Who Who is the next Scandinavian Lewandowski? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Going last is pretty tricky here because a lot of them have been taken already. I mean, the one the one that came to mind isn't playing there. I've done another Lewandowski. Um, it's, <laughs> he's not playing there anymore. Sheldrup's at Benfica, isn't he? Which is one, why I was wondering why he hadn't been mentioned yet. But, I mean, Andreas Sheldrup is still a Norwegian, you know, player who's who's full of potential and apparently according to this he's got 100 million pound buyout so if you've got 100 million wow. to spare you know just go and buy Andreas Sheldrick why not he's someone who I had a lot of joy with um with Real Sociedad actually um really really good footballer but going specifically um in within Scandinavia I'll be honest with you I'm drawing a blank at the moment um R- R- Rooney Ronnie um uh, was was mine as well so I'm, I'm a bit <laughs> stuffed I'm sorry don't apologise, man. Don't uh, apologise. No, Sheldrop is is a great shout, regardless. Um, you is. know, start start to save with the uh, you know, just don't just start it with the original database and then just sign him. Yeah. Uh, just like, just I, so I, you know, in case you want to sign man's work for the network save, I just had a quick look. He's already gone to PSG, so nothing <laughs> that kind of sums up. <laughs> it's just. I'd oh. I'd love to be able to re- uh, recommend my my number one superstar signing to you from uh, last time round when I was in FM22 on the Scandinavian circuit, but I can't because his name was Huge Underpants and it was a renamed new gen. <laughs> it was fantastic. But it does, again, show you can find some really good new gens in, in yeah, the Scandi definitely. area, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things, I think, like um, Ke- um, Jeb's touched on the Copenhagen um, and uh, Northland as well, have got two of the best new setups, I think, in the game. Um, I mean, I'm I'm going to shout out two players who, if you've been watching the network safe, I've bought them both. Um, both these players combined cost me, I think I've just uh, had a quick look back through some of the transfer fees, less than eight million cumulatively for both players. Uh, and that is where well, he, he comes from. He comes from a Scandinavian club. Here. He's technically from the Ivory Coast. Um, Mohamed uh, Diamande, who is an absolutely fantastic um, option. Uh, uh, he can play on the right, he can play through the middle, he can play up front. Uh, he's only 20 years old, um, but already his attributes are there or thereabouts. Um, you know, he's quite physically, you know, 14 pace and acceleration. He's got 12 stamina, which means that you, you'll get a good 80 minutes out of him a week. Um, his technicals are very good, like 15 dribbling, 15 technique, uh, 14 in passing. Uh, 12 in finishing, which means if you are trying to play him up front or in a more attacking role, he's going to get your goals at most levels. And the mentals are really well balanced as well. Um, mostly, um, you know, 11 to 15 across the board, um, with the exception. He's not a leader of men and his positioning's a little bit wonky, but you can fix that. So he cost me, I think, £3.2 million in the January transfer window in the network save. So definitely worth your time uh and also uh my favorite ever and a player whose name i pronounced on stream a couple of times i was comment i was uh commended by the scandinavian contingent in kev's chat apparently um so i'll try not to butcher it now uh he says uh definitely going on to butcher it um philip philip uh rongin jornsson i think is is the correct pronunciation there odds ball club hero um, he is one of the most complete central midfielders you can get. I think he cost me about £4 million. They had him on loan uh, until the end of the season in Norway, which means he joins me kind of early January. But again, he's, uh, he's 20 years old, strong physicals, 
really, really, really good mentals. And again, he can pass the ball. He's got good technique. Uh, he can take a set piece if you need one taking. You know, his his, uh, his corners are quite good. His crossing is quite good. Um, free kicks are there or thereabouts. But again, his mentals are really well balanced across the board, averaging around, you know, 13s, you know, 12s, 13s for all of his mental attributes as well. He costs £4 million and he gets good. He gets very, very, very good. One of those players who... Um, if you're starting a save at a club like Odds Ball Club, you'll have him for a season. And then the big European teams always come in for him. A lot of Italian clubs seem to favour him. Uh, I know in last year on FM22, he always ended up at somewhere like Juventus or Milan. Uh, he always went somewhere big, early, early doors. But like I say, if you are managing, if you're managing in a top six league and you don't have a huge budget, but you want some attacking options, and you want somebody to shore up that midfield... For a cumulative £8 million, I don't think you can go far wrong with either of those players. So um, any of those boys we've discussed this afternoon, if you are managing a club and thinking about picking them up and do, let us know how you get on with them. Let us know. We want to know. We're desperate to know. I'm desperate to know. The other guys, they're ambivalent towards, but I, I really, really do need to know. It's really important to me that you sign all those players and talk to us about them. Um, there we go. Scandinavia, like I say, struggling for content ideas? I know I am. Maybe Scandinavia is the answer to your problems. Who knows? Who knows? And then I'll sign Lewandowski, prove Callum right, and everything will be absolutely <laughs> fine. Happy days. Uh, now, before we start to wrap up podcast, before we start to wrap up pod, uh, briefly, we have a quick announcement to make. Uh, get your diaries out, fellas, um, because... On the 21st of May, the 21st of May, 2023, um, it's back, baby, FMT versus the community, part two. Um, it's it's back, FMT versus the community. Hello, Jeb. I will not be defending my title because I am unavailable. Oh, so there'll Jeb's be a unavailable. new champion. Yeah, There will be a new champion. Um, hopefully pod this guy or this guy no 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 this or this guy, guy. No, this, no, guy. Yeah, yeah, this, this guy this guy <laughs> this guy this guy right here this guy right here do you want know really really nice about <laughs> if doing we don't this, keep it in pod it's going to be a problem isn't it really so, yeah exactly you know. we're, we're, we're 20 episodes in uh with the new format this is episode 120 um so 20 episodes in now and i'm pretty confident most of the time about the direction of my pointing when it comes to cameras. Previously, it was all over the shop, but now... And it's really it's good like, for the audio listeners. We're just clue. saying this guy. No, nobody nobody knows who... Yeah, nobody, nobody, audio, guy, nobody yeah. audio can yeah. listen. It's the yeah. mystery fifth host. Um, <laughs> the mystery fifth host. Yeah, we got a um, ringer. <laughs> exactly. Get our ringer in. So normally, we do, um, we'll do... Eight people taking part. So if you are keen, if you would like to take part in the next FMT versus the community, let us know. Um, get in touch via the Discord. Get, just drop a comment under this video. Message us on Twitter. However you want to get in touch with us, um, just, just post a letter through my letterbox if you're local. If you're passing by, just chuck one through. Don't, Don't knock wait my door to down. do it. Don't wait to do it. Just Don't. get in touch because other people will get in there and you won't get mm -hmm. a spot if you're not careful. So come and Absolutely. join us. It'll be fun. We do tend to do a bit of a first come first serve, um, you know. That, that's the policy, generally speaking. So, if you are keen, get in touch. We'd love to play some FM with you. I'm sure we would. Um, so, yeah, 21st of May, come hang out. We'll have a good time, a very, very good time, and Pod will win again. Soz, spoiler alert. Right, fellas, 
We've done the plugging. We've done the chatting. Uh, I don't know about the three of you, but that, to me, feels very much like a podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. Good. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So before we go, before we go, um, if we'd like to just, you know, do, do, our, do our shout outs, do our plugs, whatever you want to shout out this week. Uh, Callum, we'll start with you, pal. Um, what would you like to plug this week? Um, I would like to uh, plug you, Rich. Why not? Let's plug Rich Owens. Rich Owens is great. So go and watch Rich Owens on Twitch. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's all I've got to say. See you next week. <laughs> hey, it's very sweet of you. Thank you, pal. Um, Jeb, what about you, mate? What If people want to watch you or watch something that you enjoy this week, where can they do that? Uh, if you're on YouTube and you type in Football Manager Therapy, you'll find this excellent podcast called Football Manager Therapy. Now, the important thing that we want you to do is go and click on the subscribe button and then also click that thumbs up and the likes and everything like that because they really help us. We want to mm -hmm. get out there a little bit more. We want to see that nice... 300 subscriber mark want to push that away wherever you're listening to if you've not clicked subscribe do that as well put a little review in do those type of things really appreciate it anything to get us give us a bit more exposure more more people hearing kev and rich's wonderful voices in their ears every single week and then i'm there as well <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what you know, we, we were just talking about the fact that you know that we, we were pointing which isn't beneficial to audio listeners I can hear the sadness on Callum's face. <laughs> I, can, I can hear it. Oh, that was horrible. That was horrible. Oh, I felt so bad. I want, I'm going to get straight in the car after this and come around to yours and give you a cuddle. Um, Kev, what about you, my friend? What have you got to talk about this week at the end of pod? Should, should I promote Callum? No, let's not. Let's go Alistair. Go, go watch Alistair. I love Alistair. He's a great bloke in our community. He helps uh, a lot of people do a lot of great things behind the scenes, sort uh, their, um, their drafting competitions out and all sorts of other bits and pieces. Helps to, you know, uh, put together the uh, FM playoffs whenever that comes around as one of the leaders there. Um, so he's a good guy. He's got a Bundesliga battle that he does on Wednesday evening with a bunch of good guys as well. So go check all of that out. Love Alistair to pieces. Uh, but also come and watch me really, really struggle to figure out how actually to play football manager 23 on a live stream this week it'd be fantastic mm -hmm. lovely oh lovely, and by lovely, the way lovely. rich Ooh. you can yes. find me in the spring cup in about four hours time good can't wait can't wait mate can't wait uh, i'm on that note on that note um i'm just gonna finish the stream uh shout out to limo what a guy uh friend of the pod he's a, a previous guest during tony and i's tenure uh, on podcast um he does a lot of incredible work uh, obviously he works for uh, evolving mindset which is a wonderful mental health charity based in the uh northeast of england um really 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 great guy we raided into him uh, after last monday's network game and just raiding into limo it's, it's just three and a half minutes of just joy uh, i really can't recommend it enough Lovely, lovely guy. Um, he's organized the Spring Cup that Kevin and I are taking part in this afternoon. So go check out Limo and Evolving Mindset and all the wonderful work they do. There we are. Look at us. Look at it. Altruistic. That's what we are. Um, we're good people, maybe. Well, you three. I'm people. At the best of times. Happy days. That, guys, that wraps up another wonderful podcast. I've had a great time. Thank you very, very much for joining us. For another episode of Football Manager Therapy. On behalf of myself and the FM team, take care. We'll see you on the next one. Love you lots. Bye bye. <laughs>